Hi, y'all. Welcome back to That's Mother, the premier podcast for trans femme culture. I'm super excited to have you here again. If you've been listening or if you're new, welcome, honey. Today, we're talking with Vivi Fierce, founder of Jumbo Bimbo World, the place where all sizes of bimbos are fabulous. Call her Vivi Fierce, the Jumbo Bimbo, or just hot. The Arkansas native has come a long way since her days sleeping in her car in a McDonald's parking lot to now being a business owner and entertainer here in Los Angeles. The underestimated icon pursued her dreams despite what everyone else told her, and TBH, that's the classic American heroine story if I ever heard it. We talked to Vivi about her journey to unwavering self-love, being easy on yourself, and why the opinion of DL men doesn't matter. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, so let's start with um, who you are, how you identify, what you do. Yeah, just like a short bio about who you are. I'm Bibi Pierce. You can call me Bibi. She, her pronouns. And I am an entertainer around L.A. And I call what I do a performance. So basically, I just do drag, go-go, stripping around L.A. And that's me. Amazing. And are you from L.A.? No, I'm originally from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Not many people here know about it, but our shining point is Walmart came from that area in Arkansas. Okay, work. (laughs) I know, right? That's my biggest trivia thing that I like to bring out. Love that. Isn't Arkansas also House of Babylon? Yes. Simone in the House of Babylon came from the Little Rock Conway area. And then Maddie Morphosis came from the Fayetteville area where I'm from. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Maddie Morphosis. Gag. I know, right? (laughs) How was it seeing her, him, on TV? It was actually kind of fun because I liked seeing Fayetteville be put on the map a little bit. But also at the same time, I was like, of course, my little hometown is going to be the first little hometown to be sending a man to Drag Race, a whole cis man. Right. I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, work, Arkansas. Have you gone back to Arkansas since he's been on the show? Actually, I haven't. I've been back in Arkansas since last year, I believe. It was like a little past a year ago because it was in 2019, I believe, at the very end of the year. And then I moved back here because it was during like a rough patch. Gotcha. So how long have you been in L.A.? I've been in L.A., Almost four years, I would say about now. It was on and off at first because I came here with nothing, just a dream, not even much money to my account. Mm -hmm. I just remember that I flew out, stayed with a friend, and that was the start of my L.A. journey, broke and homeless. (laughs) Wow, you really are like the rags to riches story in the making. In the making, because I was listening, baby, I'm still looking for them riches, but I definitely get what you what you're saying because like it literally used to be with no like no home no car some family helps me get a car and I lived out of that and then my friend moved out from Arkansas and stayed with me in the car we both got jobs worked our way up seen some crazy stuff but at the same time we're both safe we're both healthy And basically, it was kind of like a video game. We went from living in a car to South Central to Inglewood, now to East Hollywood. So the next stop is Beverly Hills. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Moving on up. And so where does transitioning fit in that story? 
the transitioning actually happened a long time ago before I moved to LA. I transitioned in Arkansas back in 2016 and I got onto hormones. And that's as far as my transition really got in Arkansas because there's no health insurance really that covers trans health and it's really hard to get it. I moved to LA while I was homeless. I got health insurance. I got Medi-Cal and I got LA care, which helps cover a lot of trans surgeries. When I got that, I was in a stable housing situation. So I wasn't technically allowed to get surgeries just because if you're going to get surgeries, you have to have a place to stay, recover. Like they're not just going to turn you out to the streets with some new boots. Yeah, I finally got some housing. So I held on to Medi-Cal for almost a year and a half, two years. And then I finally got situated and settled into a stable place in Inglewood. And that's whenever I finally got my face done and my boobs done. But what was crazy was my housing situation before was only a year long. And luckily, I healed up from my boobs a lot quicker. And I was able to move around a lot more quickly. So I healed up in time. To move, literally. To move to Inglewood? To East Hollywood. So in Inglewood, I got my face and my boobs done. And I did it even though I was kind of worried about the time constraints of my lease being up and not knowing if I was going to be fully healed. But I did it because, like I said, I never knew if I was going to be keeping my health insurance because you never know if anything could turn up or happen. So I dived into it and I got my face, my boobs, my body contouring is over the horizon in the next couple months. And it's just been a whole year of surgery. So I would just say that having patience especially helped me because I used all that time of me with health insurance, not being able to fully get the surgeries yet, loving myself and retraining myself to like love the body that I am in Mm. and everything about it. And I succeeded and I helped kick my depression and all that right before my facial surgery. I feel like I'm a lot happier because it's like confidence poured onto confidence. Right. You did all the self-work before. So now it's like the cherry on top of the physical features. Exactly. Because I wish I could have gotten my surgeries like two years ago whenever I first got my health insurance and stuff. But I honestly think it's a blessing a little bit that I waited just because I'm in a much better mindset, a much better housing financial situation. And I feel so much more supported. Right. Yeah. And that support is huge when you're going through surgery. Exactly. The biggest thing that I noticed was just how hard it was to really connect and to get a job and to build myself up in LA with no connections, no friends, just Mm. being a stranger because LA's packed. And so I get why people are very cold shouldering towards new people, but I was persistent and it worked out in my favor. Yeah, you just got to keep at it. And so I feel like, you know, some of the girls that I've talked to, some of them haven't had work done, some have had work done. And so I think that's always a question that comes up when, you know, the girls are transitioning or thinking about updating their body. Was there like a certain inspiration where you were like, oh, this is the body type I want? Or like, yeah, how did you kind of decide? My body type that I wanted was... Think of the most generic LA body that you can think of, like the the hips, the boobs, the tiny waist, basically the Fashion Nova model type, Mm. but make her fat. That was my body goal, is to be a fat version of those girls, to be visibly bigger, to have a little bit of a stomach, embrace that I have big feet, I have a big frame, and 
that's kind of where my dream body type formed. And I realized right now how I look, I love how I look. The only thing that I would change if I could, and the doctor is going to, is I would gladly move my fat that's in my stomach to my hips, to my butt, a little bit more to the boob area. And just to like round out those areas and to like make the stomach area smaller. And a lot of people misconstrue that as me insecure about my stomach when in fact, I love my belly. I don't care when people touch my stomach, especially like in an intimate setting. But I do like tying my shoes and I do like putting on heels and wearing jeans without having my fat just block up and chunk up in the way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the sole reason why I my goal is to have a flatter midsection and to keep everything similar because I got the body. The body's body. Right. I love that. I love the confidence in which you know what you want in terms of, you know, the body shape and yeah, just like not caring about what other people think. Because I think that's also the other thing with transition is everyone will have some sort of opinion on your transition. Whether it's, are you sure about it? You know, are you going to get this done? Are you not going to get this done? Like this, that, this, that. And so especially important to like really center in on what you want and what's true to yourself. I will tell you my take on transition and trans people real quick. And I think it will make it very clear of my mindset about our community. I think that trans people should be able to come in all shapes, sizes, colors. And the reason why is because look at cis women and cis men. They all come in beauty standards from looking like a toe to looking like supermodels. Mm -hmm. Trans people also deserve the right to look like toes if they want to or look like supermodels. Some people don't care about looks. Some people don't care about surgeries. Some people don't care about hormones. Some people just want it to be purely mental where they identify, but they don't want to change their body in any way. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. It doesn't matter because every trans person is different. And I think that's why it's so hard for people outside of our community to wrap their heads around it because they really want us on a binary or something. And my whole thing is I'm just like, it really doesn't matter. If you want to keep your boobs as a trans man, cool. If you want to keep your penis as a trans woman, awesome. If you want to keep anything on your body, do you, because your transition is 100% you. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it. Yeah. And I think it's on that it's just so important to in media to have different representations of trans women because it's always like the bombshell, like passing girl. But like mm-hmm. there's so many different versions out there that I feel like from outside looking in, you only see that one type of girl. But when you're on the inside, like even taking Jolene as an example, like there's so many different types of girls. Exactly. And while I do appreciate the tiny skinny legends and the bombshells and stuff, I'm like, I also appreciate the girls that just do them. Mm-hmm. What have been some tips or like advice that you've picked up along the way from the girls? A lot of tips that I've gotten from the dolls. A good tip that they gave me just a few days ago whenever I was feeling a little bit down is to write out your feelings, to write out your emotions and to let yourself feel. Because guess what? You can always pick yourself up the next day and continue being a bad bitch. Right. All that matters is focusing on you. And that's what the dolls have taught me in this community is that like, don't compare yourself to others because whenever you start comparing yourself to others, you start failing. 
your flaws start to show and you don't want that. So literally focus on yourself, focus on all of the gigs and all of the uh, friendships that you've got and you'll be happy. I love that. Yeah. It's just like that comparison mindset gets so toxic and then you just realize you're like trying to be someone else and you're like, oh wait, I should just be the best version of me. Like that's what it's always been about. Exactly. That's why I don't look at anybody in this community as a competition. I've never had that mindset because I have a couple of very talented trans friends who are also entertainers and performers and they get a lot of gigs and they get a lot of praise and I love it and it inspires me. I'm not jealous. I'm more so inspired to go work hard and get my own praise just to get what they have by the hard work, not by complaining and making people feel bad about it. That's my biggest thing. I find inspiration in my dolls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's important to view the dolls as inspiration. And I think I recently kind of went through that experience where also with transitioning, like romantically, everything changes. And so before it was like, oh, like I'm a gay guy and I hook up and date other gay guys. And now I'm just like, oh, like that whole audience is now gone. And I'm like, the straight guys or like the DL guys or however they want to phrase themselves are the ones that are like interested now. So that was like a shift of like understanding who's looking at me now. But I think even in that, I feel like now I'm also at a point and maybe it's because I'm nearing my year of being on hormones and like just being trans for also the time period before when I wasn't on hormones, like being more appreciative of like the dolls seeing me versus guys seeing me. Yes. Totally. I'm like, at the end of the day, it really shouldn't matter what anyone thinks of you. But let me tell you something. It's way better to sit there and try to impress your community than to impress a bunch of DL men that really don't care much about you after the bedroom. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like also just dating is so hard as a trans woman. There's only so many people who are into you and then within that just like reading out all the chasers and like the fetish people and then it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and i'm just like wait where are y'all where's the people who want to date me and take me out right <laughs> like actually want to be out in public exactly and you know what my best advice to anyone in the dating scene just stick to your guns and by that i mean if you want to be seen out in public and treated right don't budge Don't let people sweet talk you because at the end of the day, I'm like, I've had people sit there and be like, how are you so picky? You're that, you're just a man, you're this, you're that. And at the end of the day, my response is, well, I never once messaged anyone first. So I really don't care if you're talking to me or not. So like, that's basically like been my whole mindset is I just focus on me. I let people try to talk to me and if i feel their vibe and everything's good then i'll open up if not Mm -hmm. like i just tend to stick to myself in that type of scene sometimes i'll reach out to guys and talk to them but if they're not down they're not down and i do not beat myself up over it right yeah that's like fill your own cup exactly i'm hot regardless if they like me or not right period do you have any like self-love routines or like rituals that you do one thing that i tell people to do is 
especially because I run into a lot of people that don't like looking at themselves in the mirror. And I'm just like, that's what you got to do. Stare at yourself in the mirror and start finding things that you like. Just literally point out all the things that you like and just keep on complimenting yourself every day. Go to that mirror, find a compliment, just do it. That's literally helped me a lot. I'm like, I just sit there and I had to quit crapping on myself. I had to stop looking down on myself for all the things that made me different. And I had to look at the reality of the situation is that those differences is what makes me beautiful and a really great person. So that's how I just stick to it. And that's why it's so easy for me to not let down low men or any type of man convince me any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take that tip. <laughs> that, I feel like, is a whole journey on its own as you're transitioning, because it's like your body's changing and your you know mentality's changing. And it's just like all this like relearning that you have to do. And as in with yourself and looking yourself at the mirror and reminding yourself of why you're doing this is always grounding. And that reason should be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What is bringing you trans joy lately? Honestly, the thing that's bringing me trans joy is my girls my community i'll be very honest like i am just so excited by all the love that i'm seeing i'm getting love towards me i'm seeing the dolls fall in love i'm seeing the dolls get gig i'm seeing the dolls booked and busy i'm like that's what's bringing me trans joy just knowing that like even this and knowing that you gave us trans girls a space to like talk and all that and to share our stories and to help others i'm like that in itself brings me trans joy yes i love that it's all for the girls exactly Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i've been in that space too and being at jolene the other one was just so nice that was my first time at jolene and just being in a space with all the dolls i was like oh like this is it like that was your first time ever at jolene ever yeah i'd been to all but not jolene See, and it clicked. Yeah. The dolls are actually dolling. Yeah, literally dolling. (laughs) Yeah, that was amazing. Um, And I'm so glad that that exists in LA. Same. I will say Daphne, the trans girl that hosts Jolene, I love that space. And I will say that from what I've experienced with Jolene, and I will say this, I am one of the most different bodied and different looking girls. I'm like, I really have not seen many girls that are trans, especially that are my weight class, that are bigger, that are out there doing it and all that like that. And I think that's why I'm just so happy with Jolene in spaces like that. I'm like, she gave me the opportunity to showcase myself, to know that like, I do have a stage presence and I do have all these things. It's like eye opening to know that the world tells you that you're fat, you're trans, you can't do this, you're black, you can't do that. And then all of a sudden you get on stage and then everyone adores you. Everyone Mm -hmm. like loves you. Everyone's sitting there just like talking you up. And that's my biggest thing about Jolene is that like the conversations I have with like the other girls, like in the group chats and stuff really is just so heartfelt. So special. And Daphne does such a good job at like inviting the girls in and getting the community together. Like she's a great LA mom. I honestly love that. Yeah, same. Stuff like that is what inspires me to like want to go and create spaces like that. To know, to see someone actually create a safe space for us. Period. 
Honestly, like, yeah, just seeing that that can exist and that can thrive. I'm like, oh, okay, like, what can I contribute? And I feel like that's a big reason why this project came to be. Because I'm like, oh, I know how to do all these things of like the writing and the interviewing and like putting together a story. And so if I can contribute this to the community, then like, that's like my way of giving back. And it's like, we all have a different way of giving back, which is the beautiful thing. Exactly. And I love that. I'm like, this is a fun experience. Yeah, (laughs) it's a fun experience for sure. I was about to say, I actually haven't done many interviews and stuff. So it's always just like a very interesting time on my end. I'm like, is this what the LA girlies are doing? (laughs) Yeah, it is what the LA girlies are doing. They're talking about themselves, pulling out one-liners. It's been great. I feel like there's been a lot of gems that you've shared. And it's been fun to hear your story of coming from Fayetteville to LA and just like really starting from nothing and finding your way here. I feel like that's, you know, inspiring for the other girls too, who maybe want to come out to LA or New York or wherever their like dream destination is to like show them that like, yeah, you can do it. Like it's going to be rough and it might not be pretty at times, but like you can do it. Exactly. And the one thing that I hear a lot is I just can't afford to do it. And I'll be honest, I couldn't either. And I made the sacrifice and the tough decision to take a shit in a parking lot one night while living in a car. But guess what, baby? We're now in East Hollywood and I can see the Hollywood sign. So that shit out in public was worth it. That's right. Oh my God. Yes. I'm like, I never look back at those times as embarrassing. I'm like, you know what? Yes, I stayed out and I stayed and I lived out in the McDonald's at Figueroa over by downtown LA. And I'm not going to sit here and hide the fact. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would sit there and yes, I would go right to sleep in that parking lot every night. And every day I would wake up thinking maybe today is the day. Today's the day something happens. I find like a better job or I find a spot or a place and it never came. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it all came at once. And that's whenever we found ourselves moving into Inglewood and stuff like that. I'm just like, you gain so many skills. from being out here, from being homeless. And I will say this, I'm not saying go out there and be homeless. Definitely not, especially if you're trans because it's dangerous out there. But I'm like, find what's important to you and go after it. Period. Yes, honestly. And like, you had to do what you had to do to get through those days. And like, yeah, I love that you said that you're not embarrassed about it. Because it's like, yeah, you literally had to survive to see the next day and see where you are now. And it's just, yeah, I think that's huge. Thank you. I'm very proud of that. I'm like, it actually took me quite a long moment because I have a very bad case of imposter syndrome throughout my life. So it's hard for me to step back and look at the hard work that I've done. It's easy to criticize myself. And that's another thing I would like to share to the dolls is that be easy on yourself. I'm like, transitioning is not easy. Estrogen being pumped through your body is not easy. I'm going through surgeries, not easy. Mm-hmm. And definitely the social like adjustment and like changing how you are viewed out in the world is not easy. Right. So take it with a grain of salt, realize that you're doing really well and just be proud. Take a moment and celebrate. Yes, I love that. I always forget how much it is on our bodies and our brains to transition. And like after you kind of do it for a while, you just get used to it. But like, yeah, it's like, like you say, when you take a step back, you're like, oh, this is a total transformation in so many ways. Like, who is this bitch? (laughs) Literally. Yeah, I love that. I love what you just shared. Thank you. And thank you for your time today. I feel like we got a lot of good tidbits and advice to share with other dolls. Yeah, hearing your story and kind of, I think that'll be a big inspiration for other people. 
I'm glad to uh, have been given the space and the opportunity. So thank you. And thank you to Texas Isaiah and everyone that came out and made your vision a reality. And I'm glad to be part of that. And the last bit of advice that I just want people to like really know is, is that you can be genuine and still make it in L.A., I'm like, people have a tendency to throw their hands up and say, well, everyone's fake here. Well, if you actually take a moment and get to know people and like build a relationship that's past the photos, you will realize that there's a lot of beautiful people, a lot of beautiful broken people, but there's a lot of beautiful people in LA and they all just want someone to love and to accept them. Bitch, that is the fucking tea. Like that's the truth bomb right there. Because it's like, that's so true. Because when I moved here from New York, I was there for six years and I came here and I'm like, everyone is just about image here. Like, it's kind of crazy. But that's the thing. Whenever people move here, they want to be around like the glamorous social crowd. And whenever you don't know anybody, I'm like, those people do tend to come off very fake. I'm like, socializing is a job here. It basically is. And you don't have to be fake with it. You can be very genuine. I've made so many genuine connections. I've helped people out who I literally have only known for two months with issues to talk out and stuff. It's because, baby, I like, I just love people. And I know that everyone here is, especially in our community, is just fighting to make it. And the easiest thing is to hold hands and do this fight together instead of trying to fight each other. Period. That's why I needed to hear that because sometimes I get so jaded being out here. I'm just like, ah, everyone's just fake and about, you know, their Instagram and taking their content. So I think in that way too, this project is really nice because I get to know the girls on like a deeper level and it's not just like, hey girl, and like, that's it. Exactly. Okay, that's all we have for today's conversation. I hope you enjoyed our chat, learned a few new things, felt affirmed, and most importantly, got to know the Transfem community a little bit better. We'll be back next time with another incredible conversation with another doll. And until then, stay fab. Bye.